Well, ladies and gentlemen, happy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Whatever day you're listening to this, my name is Matt. I'm Brian. And we are here today to talk to you about all things film art and culture in Billings, Montana, particularly as it pertains to Art House Cinema and the Babcock Theater. We have, man, it seems like we've had a lot happening the last few weeks. Today, once again, we have very, very special guests. But as usual, they are under the cloth, yet to be revealed, unless you've read the title of this episode. But we are going to jump in first and foremost, as always, with all the great things that are happening in Art House land. Brian, tell the people what they've won. Well, we've got uh, just a couple things really happening, but um, first and foremost, at Art House this weekend, we are opening Moonage Daydream, the David Bowie documentary by Brett Morgan that I've been looking forward to for quite a while now. Uh, Brett Morgan also did things like Kid Stays in the Picture and Cobain Montage of Heck, so I'm pretty well versed in these really visually spectacular documentaries that uh, I am just excited to see his new film regardless of who it was on so excited for that one and then at the Babcock we are opening this weekend Don't Worry Darling Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry Darling that no one's been talking about no one has anything to say about it uh, these past couple weeks uh, but Harry Styles Chris Pine uh, Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde herself starring in that one and uh, I think it could be a really cool, mysterious sort of 1950s uh, utopia slash dystopia sort of thing that uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how that one plays out. And I'll be checking that one out later today, actually. So real excited for that one. And then also at the Babcock, we have two great filmmakers from Billings that are premiering their film Return. So um, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. <laughs> well... It is later, because we're going to talk about it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, remove the curtain, move that bus, let's reveal who our special guests are. We have Stan Parker and Pete Tolton uh, that are here live at Art House to talk to us about all the things that they've been doing. You know, this this project has been a couple months old, really. You guys have been kind of throwing this together in the last couple weeks. And yeah, just we figured. started it on Monday. <laughs> like proper homework, you've started it. No, this is a film that has been years in the making in, in a lot of ways. And so kind of starting out, you guys are local people, born and raised in Billings, ended up back here in Billings and kind of made this, I think, really cool, interesting career choice when it comes to living in Billings. You're going to stay plugged in to film and that's going to be a part of who you are professionally and what you're doing also creatively and what you're bringing to the world. So Tell the people a little bit about just who you are and what you're doing in Billings, and then we'll jump into the film after that. So whoever gets to go first. Well, thanks for having us. I'm Pete Tolton. I'm a filmmaker, and I write and make art sometimes, but mostly work in film and video. Uh, born and raised in Billings, taking some excursions and sabbaticals, but really lived here for a long time and um, excited to be unveiling this project. Stan and I have been working on it for, for six years. So, Yeah. And here you are, Mr. Parker. Yeah, um, this is really exciting. Thanks for having us on. We're so excited to show the movie this weekend uh, at the Babcock. Um, um, I'm the producer on Return, and I'm a journalist and filmmaker here in Billings. And I tell you, this is probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my career as a journalist and filmmaker. I think that making a project of this length and also with such uh, topics that are, you know, sensitive, like, you know, we're dealing with mental health and veterans issues and things we want to like honor and do right, but also like make a good movie out of it. And also it's a very experiential documentary. We're trying to tell a full 
arc story from beginning, middle, and end with like conflict and stakes and resolution and stuff. And that takes a lot of work to uh, take 125 hours of footage and make it more than just like a travel video, you know, yeah. to make it into a, a, a dramatic um, experience. It's a it's it's been a challenging endeavor, and we're really excited to show people. Yeah, I think it's been fascinating for... So Art House has been involved in one way or another, just trying to help however we can on, on different levels. But hearing you guys kind of pitch the idea in the very early stages before you had really filmed much, you had the idea. It, it's, for me personally, been a really interesting process because you start out with, here's the idea, and then you go and you film, like you say, hundreds of hours of footage. So whether or not that idea is present or not, because it's not a narrative film. It's not like you're telling Jim like, all right, now I need you to say like, you're just there to capture the story, whatever the story is. And so you have the idea, you film it, and then you have to take all of that and allow the story to be told that kind of wants to be told in some ways compared to, I mean, because you guys are both journalists on some level and, and want to do your best to tell the reality of what's taking place rather than your own, you know, biased, you know, turn something into that it's not, but do your best. So it feels like this interesting kind of three-stage process of like, here's the idea, it's going to be great. And then you film all this footage and like, okay, maybe it is great, but it isn't what we thought it was going to be. And then you get into the editing room and then there's an even, you know, deeper layer of how do we do this that's not a 12-part, you know, 70-hour, you know, everybody has to sit through and watch everything, but in a concise way, tell the story that's actually there. What has been the most challenging part of that process and that journey for you? Because it's been multiple years, COVID aside. What has been the most challenging process for you guys in that kind of what I would truncate to those three steps? It's been challenging, uh, you know, playing a directorial role and then also editing. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm listed as director, Stan's producer, but really, you know, it's definitely uh, two heads together, two-headed hydra directorial process and creative process and so we were there in the moment in all of these moments conducting the interviews you know tagging along on this grand adventure in Vietnam and on the home front and we have a you know 20 plus shoot days in Vietnam and another 20 shoot days here in Montana and we have all of these memories of having been there and witnessing what we witnessed and yet that that doesn't have anything to do with the story that we need to tell the audience, um, what what serves our story, you know, what are the moments to leave in and take out. And, you know, we have a hundred more than a hundred to one ratio of raw footage to final product. And so that means that things that were special to me when I saw them happen with my eyes might not be relayed on camera. We might not we might have been poor camera operators in the moment. <laughs> and. And then the story that we set out to tell, which is an intention that began six years ago, has morphed and changed. And we need to be constantly vigilant about what serves our audience, what serves our story, what makes sense, what's comprehensible. And like you said, it can't be a 70-hour experience. We can, we're, we're fitting within the, the set bounds of, of what's enjoyable and entertaining and what people, we think people can and will sit through and what our material can sustain. So all of those very... Um, those critical and, and processes or killing our darlings or taking out things that we absolutely love and what's on the cutting room floor are a, a lot of things that are very dear to us that I, that I desperately wish we could show people but at the end of the day they don't fit into that arc that Stan mentioned with the beginning, middle and end with con conflict resolution and stakes and we have to tugging at those threads constantly 
it's very challenging. Professionally, I'm withstand. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, no doubt. Yeah. Anything to add to that? Just difficult to the process? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Pete kind of nailed it on the head is the hardest part is the choices we have to make. It's uh, because, you know, like we know how to use editing software. We know how to use cameras. Um, the hardest part is making choices. And we, uh, the hours that we spend editing is not, you know, hours behind a computer clicking necessarily, although there are hours of that, but <laughs> like a lot of hours like debating, like what's important, what's not. When do, what time do we reveal this certain thing? Is that soundbite better used as like an introduction to a character or like halfway through or at the end? It's like, when do we place these? And it can be a totally different movie if you, you know, just say the same things, but in a different order. Yeah. And I think the reason that not just because this is your baby creatively in some ways, but this is, this is a story that's worth telling. And it's got, as we've had conversations over the years, like it's got kind of multiple stakes to it. You know, there's, there's the PTSD aspect of it. There's the father son aspect of it. There's the political history aspect of it. Like you guys have all these opportunities. Each one of those could be its own, you know, mini series, not just, but you're, you're trying to kind of tie this up in a way that each one of those maybe don't carry the same amount of weight, but they do carry the weight that they deserve because all of those things matter. And then there's other things that you guys point at as well in the midst of the film. So I, I can understand the absolute agony and challenge of how the heck are we going to do that? And then on top of that, like just hearing what you say, Pete, of like you film something, you're there in the moment and you're like, oh, this is good. This is, this is why we're here. This is why we flew to Vietnam to get this scene, Stan. This is it. And then you get home and you fire up the camera and you look at the footage and you show it to someone else and you're like, oh, wait till you see this. And they're just like, what, what? There's just zero connection to it because they weren't there. They didn't see it. And maybe the way the angle or whatever it is, like it just doesn't translate on film the way that you thought. That's heartbreaking. That's so like, and then you got to figure out, well, now what are we going to do? Because <laughs> it can't just be director commentary the whole time. Like, guys, let me tell you, this is really way better than what it is. I swear this is important. <laughs> this, this, this is an emotional part, guys. Don't yeah. you feel the emotion? I swear it's emotional. <laughs> Why is Dan handing out Kleenex to everybody? What, what's going on? You should be crying. Yeah, that's got to be really, really challenging. Mr. Ostrike, it's time for you to have the mic, man. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I saw an earlier cut of this. I don't know how much it's changed in the last two months, maybe, since I last saw it. But uh... Spoiler alert, there's a robot. Oh! Oh! oh. Robot fight scene. You, you yeah. took my note. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, I know you guys have been working on this for years and years. Um, I'm curious. Um, one, I... I know that you guys have kind of become a, a bit of an institution in Billings. You guys are known people in this town, and uh, you both grew up here. And I'm curious, um, for anyone that doesn't know that listens to this, how did Stan and Pete uh, meet cute in the beginning? Uh, I think, you know, I think it was just mutual friends. Like, we both were at senior high at the same time, but we were in different classes and weren't really friends then. Um, didn't really like hang out in the same circles, but after I got back, after we moved back from Billings, like after college, we just had some mutual friends and, uh, started hanging out and we, and noise and color. Yeah. Noise and color magazine. We started kind of hanging out in those creative circles and we were, um, two fifths of a creative group called canvas that lasted for a couple of years where we threw lots of like art parties and 
got people together. So it's our, you know, our friendship and our relationship has kind of just uh, centered around these like creative projects and the creative community here. Yeah, that's true. And one thing that I don't like to talk about while stands in the room is <laughs> that, you know, we're, I feel like we're so fortunate to have each other because we're uniquely aligned. Um, and we just kind of come from two different, but very related, like philosophical and approach based centers. You know, um, Stan is, I think, has a very journalistically minded, and I'm kind of like artsy lit writer minded and but yeah. loves poetry and but I also love journalism and Stan also loves art and so we have this like constant and mutual shared um, two-lane conversation of drawing one another back into the dividing line between those two sort of hemispheres of the mind that is exactly the razor's edge of where like good cinematic documentary filmmaking exists. So we're so, so it's, I'm so glad that we met and that our alignments are what they are, but we're of course not completely aligned and Stan's comment that there's a lot of debate and argument about what matters and also our approaches and the way that we like display things and whether or not we should even include this amount of context from like 1970s war footage and whether, um, we should have that as text and whether or not we should have the fluidity to superimpose someone's facial reaction from two minutes later in the conversation just for the emotional punch, which is a, a huge editorial issue. And so anyway, we're in this like strange ecosystem that's mostly just the two of us and occasionally invite people in who and we speak a strange language, and I hope that it comes out as translatable to the rest of the human world, because if not, then we fail deeply. Cool, cool. Uh, along with that, I was also um, interested, um, it almost seems like, you know, having seen that earlier cut, um, it was almost serendipitous that you found this great subject that has such an amazing story, and then this journey that he took and uh, his son along with him. And I was curious where he came from. Was that someone that you knew previously or is that someone that you found after you kind of conceptualized what you wanted this film to be? The, the genesis for the film was very much in our relationships with the Jims. Um, Jim Jr., the son in the story, is someone who we became friends with through working with him at Red Ox. We did, we did videos for him for a long time and became friends that way. And his, he started talking about how his dad was ready to talk about Vietnam or, had, or his dad was talking about Vietnam in a way that he hadn't opened up about it before and that he might be ready to go back. I mean, that's, that's something they've been talking about for years, but it seemed like it might be ready to happen and that maybe we could film it and, and share that experience with others. And the more that we explained what we were doing to people, the more we kind of heard similar stories. Like we tell people we were about the project and like, oh man, like my dad was in Vietnam and he didn't really talk about it either. My uncle was in this conflict, didn't talk about it either. And re realizing that what they had was a pretty universal story. And, and that was something that maybe wasn't like super apparent to me at first because, um, you know, while I have like veterans in my extended family, um, I don't have any of my immediate family or like my immediate, uh, like my grandparents, for instance. Uh, so, once we figured out it was like a, it was a universal story that had a, that had appeal and was worth telling, I think that 
um, it became clear that this was something we needed to pursue. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention that this isn't an issue movie. This isn't like an issue-based film. It's it's not about um, mental health or um, war history upon which we superimpose a human story. It's a human story that we're telling about that happens to include elements of mental health and the the ethics and reason for war and um, relationships with aging parents um, that we then have to superimpose contextual remarks um, from from history and and you know insert informational tidbits. So the story is deeply subjective. It's told in a way that I hope feels immersive. There are very few talking heads shots, and um, so we want we want viewers to feel like they're along for the ride. And it's a fun ride. It's not a downer. Um, I don't want to give away the ending, but it's you know I hope that it it uh, viewers leave the theater with the feeling of renewal and optimism, and and not carrying and sharing the heavy burden of sadness, which which is important to recognize because it's what will connect people to the some of the concepts and what may and what makes this movie easy to talk about and what might bring people into the theater. But um, I don't want people to think that they're going to leave more burden than uh, they walked in with because I don't think it feels that way. Yeah, I, I would completely agree. Again, in, being in Brian's camp, seeing an earlier cut of the film, you're walking relationally with these men as they're experiencing and talking through these things. And like any good relationship, that what they talk about, how they view things, how they talk about things, has the power to impact how you might process and view things. But that's not the, you guys aren't trying to change the way I think about it. It's just good relationship that I get to know somebody. And through that relationship, my, my life is formed and shaped in a different way. And I think you guys are working hard and have done a beautiful job of doing that, that, I mean, there's certain scenes and, you know, Jim Jr. or Jim Sr. like them talking, like have, have changed the way that I kind of think about some things or, or maybe approach a certain topic, whether it's historically or, you know, uh, something on the international front, how we interact with people around the world. Just really, really beautiful stuff. And even that father-son dynamic. Again, you're not trying to push my hand, but as a young father, there's things in that film that I'm watching going, yeah, that's good. That's good father-son moment. I, I want, you know, you just are influenced in a really, really beautiful way. And it, and it does feel uplifting. It's a heavy topic. You could have easily gone down a path that, you know, like, oh man, this is the worst. America's the worst and we're the worst. And you know, like all that stuff. And it's like, no, you're not, you're just dealing in reality. But in that reality, there's a hope and a beauty and a, a relationship that has the power to influence you. So thank you. I, I couldn't have said that. That's thank you. Uh, so one of the things that I think is really beautiful that I hope people realize, obviously you guys are Billings uh, uh, natives, live here, <clears throat> creating art here, which is just awesome, which is Art House, why we want to be so behind this, because we want to see more stuff like this. But this really is you guys, but this really is a community effort in a lot of ways. You guys started this out as a, we're not going to be able to do this by ourselves. We're going to need people. So you got sponsors, friends, family. This really became... Like, all right, even for, you know, you're having a, a little kind of VIP thing for some of your sponsors beforehand. And it was like, hey, you're going to have to email my wife because <laughs> you guys are going to be so busy. It was like, you're going to have to email this person. Like more people are showing up to say, like, how can we help? What can we do? Because this is people believe in you. And this really feels like a, a community thing. So my hope is people show up for it to really support this community effort. 
you guys went into this knowing that. I'm, I don't know that I'm looking for you to say anything specific. I just want to make it really clear that this is you guys, blood, sweat, and tears, but also a whole bunch of other people that are, are doing their best to come alongside you, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, we definitely feel grateful to be cradled by a network of people that have supported us along the way, you know, fin- with you know, financial support, with money, with but with more than money, with food and with uh, good vibes and with encouragement. And we just like really couldn't have done it without that supportive community and the, and our local creative collaborators too. Yeah. Yeah. And to speaking to art houses involvement in particular, and I would, I would mention this whether or not I was on your turf right now, but it's really rad that you guys were on board before you saw any footage and that you were um, interested in partnering with us uh, just when it was an idea like that's the kind of uh, that's the stuff of great community and that's also what makes projects like this possible Um, so it didn't feel transactional it really felt like we were tugging on the same rope and so I'm having you all as a as a helping hand and as a fiscal sponsor and and in all of the ways that you support us is really is uh, yeah can't thank you enough for that and we also are so lucky to live among uh, we, our families live here and we have great friends and there's just a lot of, a lot of help on the way. So it does feel disingenuous to call this our film yeah. because it's a lot of people's movie. Yeah. It's still your film. Thanks. <laughs> so to kind of wrap this up, a uh, couple things. One, so the screening, it's a preview screening for the community only is happening on Saturday. Showtime is at 6 30. Okay, doors thank you. at 6. Doors at 6. Showtime 6 30. At the Babcock, uh, you can get tickets at the door. You can also get tickets at arthousebillings.com. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer, you guys just released the trailer, which, you know, between us, that trailer kicks ass, man. It makes me want to watch that movie again and again and again. Man, like, big shout out to our friend Sam Steingraber, Samuel Rowland oh, yeah. Films, yep. who we co edited that trailer. Okay. With. Yeah. It's, I didn't know that. Sam's good, good dude. It's a great trailer. So w- kudos on that. If you haven't seen the trailer, go watch the trailer at least because it's awesome. Uh, and then uh, after that, so the way films work, and I'm not, I don't know what the plan is, but here I'm going to assume some things and you can tell me why I'm wrong. This is like a, a preview screening that you're going to do, and then you're going to take the film, and it's kind of going to, from a community standpoint, go away for a little bit because you guys are hoping to get it in some festivals, you think, and that's kind of where it's going to be, and then maybe possibly get distribution and then hopefully we can bring it back to art house for a run here at art house for those that want to see it again or missed it the first time is that am i correct or am i missing anything yeah there's definitely a run at art house in our future yeah yes. that's important to us yeah i love it so as long as you'll have us but exactly but it's not my, my point is it's not going to be right away it's not like if you miss it saturday don't worry in a couple of weeks we'll have it like no there's a there's a bridge there where you guys are going to work to get it in festivals and i hope it gets in a lot of festivals because it, it deserves to be there um, but hopefully we'll bring it back someday. Thanks. Yeah, so, yeah. We're excited for this for this sneak peek for the community because we couldn't have done it without the com- community support. Um, and so we, it just seemed right that the Billings community would be the first ones yeah. to get to see it. Yeah, and you know, brick and mortar screenings and community screening tours, especially in communities where we have, the, you know, across Montana and where we have history and where we have relationships, like that's why we make this movie and of, of course getting it on broadcast or getting it on streaming would be great. And, and, and those, those goals are, are crucial for, you know, having a trajectory that 
seems like it's worthwhile to make something this longitudinal and this expensive, but really our values are that this should be seen in a theater, um, not while you're also babysitting or cooking dinner and in the background. Um, and then the purpose of that being not just to ingest our art or message or whatever, but so that the conversations that arise after the credits roll um, are among a group of people who shared uniquely a sensory experience that sparks something within them that's worth discussing and that can't happen sincerely as well in any other venue but in a movie theater cool so after because i know you've been working on this nonstop for quite a while now and you mentioned earlier all the things that got left on the cutting room floor. Do you have that temptation to make your Peter Jackson extended cut after all this? Or is it like, nope, once this comes out, I'm ready to just shelve it and move on? Um, I think if we had a, a team of editors like Peter Jackson <laughs> did, the temptation be might be might be stronger. Because <laughs> Peter Jackson, I'm sure, can just be like, remember that thing we cut? Yeah, put it back in and make it look good. Yep. And, you know, but we're also the editors on this film. So every everything we do, you know, involves our hands diving back in. So, so yeah, I think that I don't think that the ex, an extended cut is a temptation I have. Nor I. Yeah. I think, and, and sorry, just really quickly, I don't think, I don't know that I realized this until I got more involved in film with art house stuff. Documentary filmmaking is, I think, one of the most artistic slash administrative, like, Venn diagrams that are like two circles just over top of each other that you could ever create. Because you have hundreds of hours of footage that you need to administratively account for and understand. And when you're doing it on a team like you guys compared to not to say Hollywood that doesn't matter but there's usually large teams of people so you have the spreadsheet people and you have the artists and you guys have to be both and you don't get to you know like I'll figure out where that scene is later like no you that's hours and hours and hours of hunting if you're not administratively on top of the ball and then from an art standpoint you need to be able to tell a story not just this happened then this happened then this happened and just you know so i think it's really magical and beautiful what you guys are doing and i'm i'm really really excited for the Thanks, Matt. Shit. yeah we get as excited about like tightening up our we get as, as excited about tightening up our workflow and having like regimented <laughs> systems that like work and that we can set the movie down for a month and come back yeah. and not have to spend a moment getting back up to speed. Yeah. Like I, I would, I think is more valuable to teach a workshop on that stuff than sure. on any of the creative things. Yeah. Cause there's not, there's like millions of YouTube videos about how to operate a camera, yeah. how to edit, like how to like, but there's not, available information to the nuts and bolts of the behind the scenes boring engine that really is what makes it possible <laughs> yeah and the ever when i see documentary filmmakers talk about their like sit their like systems ob, like a lot of times it's like everyone kind of re having to reinvent the wheel for themselves They're like oh look at my spreadsheet that i made yeah. so it's like oh look at my spreadsheet that i made <laughs> you know and so we ended up I, I'm pretty proud of the system that we came up with like at, at the end. And, and it took us like a couple of years to get there because uh, we, we kept feeling like this isn't like working because someone, we'd, one of us would work on a scene for a while and then it like it didn't fit back into the system that like yeah. we'd, we'd, we had done before. But the system we've been going on with the past two years, I'm like proud of it. 
Me too. It's kind of nerdy, but I'm proud of it. A- apples to apples, I bet we could. I bet we could make a movie just like this with as much production time and the same runtime and the same level of polish and like a third of the amount of time and effort that it took us to make yes. this one. Yeah. Way to go. Well, gentlemen, uh, so excited and honored to not only have you here, but doing the work that you're doing. Thanks for making Billings a better place to live. With not only your lovely lives and all the things that you're doing, but the art that you're creating as well. So it really is an honor to have you around. So do not miss Saturday return at the Babcock. Doors open at 6, 6.30. Go to Art House Billings, 6.30 showtime. Go to arthousebillings.com to get those tickets. And uh, we hope to see all of you there. It's Hopefully it will be a big, 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 big house. Uh, yeah, so. and, and get there close to doors opening time. Grab a beer. Hang out. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, get a popcorn. You got pretty good popcorn, I think. Yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank Bye. you. Bye.